the the one woman who's got in the meeting is like, hey, why don't we just like make it really welcoming for everyone? And all of the dudes are like, Bitcoin? What yes. about more what about more t-shirt guns? <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Battery Mates. It is a special trade deadline edition of the the show. Um, I am Toby in Chicago, as always, uh, and join, joining me from uh, England town land, um, with the, <laughs> where, where you're. It's not London. Um, is <laughs> it's not London. We. we I'm just telling people I live near London because it's just easier to explain. I live near London, but it's raining all of the fucking time. It rains all of the time. That's just England, though, I guess. Anyway, how are you, Toby? I'm doing great. I'm doing. I'm. I'm really. I'm doing really well. Um, I don't. I don't have anything to add to that. I feel. I feel like this is a. You know, it's going to be a show where we're talking a lot about the trade deadline, uh, but we don't have a lot to. You know, it's not. We're not like. I'm not super jazzed about the trade deadline because it doesn't seem to bode well for my team. Um, like, so they certainly shouldn't be buying, and I, I don't think the Nationals should be buying. And that well, brings well, we're, de- we're definitely not we're definitely not buying. It is it is it, it's probably the first exciting trade deadline of of my time being a, a, a like a proper following it Nationals fan. In that we are absolutely knackering our team and and rebuilding in a way that I've not seen um in my time i feel like i feel like i'm getting an insight into what it's like to be an orioles fan that's a really good that's a really good segue because we have a guest this week um welcome back to the show kelly kreft um who is a baltimore orioles fan as matthew just alluded to um so we have the trifecta the, the cleveland fan the nationals fan and the orioles fan the three teams you want to be talking uh with about the trade deadline <laughs> Um, Kelly, we know you through Obama land um, in 2012. You were on the campaign with us. And uh, also you spent uh, a lot of time in Democratic politics since then. And now you, you described yourself, um, you know, for the listener at home, we were we actually did this whole intro before with it when we were <laughs> recording. That's um, that's on our producers, honestly. Uh, our engineers are just garbage. Um, but uh, you, you told can I, us. Can I, can, I, can I just say hmm. that this whole, whole intro was much better in the version that we didn't record? Oh yeah, it always is. <laughs> we, you know, and we do rehearsals too. Um, and you know, I, I feel like, you know, every episode has a dress rehearsal, and we have, you know, we did, we do three or four of them, honestly, and um, they always go better than they do opening night, right? So, but Kelly, <laughs> Kelly you described yourself as um, a data scientist corporate sellout. Now, is that? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Taking what you learned uh, in democratic politics, and then just, uh, I'm now I'm selling clothes. So. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, everyone needs clothes. Oh, well. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> it's good for your yes. livelihood. Um, uh, we will get back into the trade deadline. We'll have some rapid fire questions for you, Kelly, in a second. <laughs> Matthew, just quick check in. Anything happening over there? <laughs> nothing. Nothing has happened over here since we last spoke. Um, we, we had the we had the we had the Euro Championships 
but we talked about that and nothing has happened since i mean we've had the olympics but everyone has the olympics that's not really an over there correspondent uh, uh territory so i'm not going to get into that not least because i have literally no interest in anything to do with the olympics always gets me into trouble when i say that but i don't <laughs> care i don't like the olympics i don't dislike the olympics but i do not like the olympics so nothing has happened over here nothing at all well um Speaking of the Olympics, baseball is back in the Olympics uh, for the first time since 2008, I think. Um, so, uh, and I think there's, you know, USA is, has a team. Uh, I believe, I was looking this up the other day, and I believe on our team uh, we have some, some veterans like Scott Casimir and Edwin Jackson and Todd Frazier. Uh, so, you know, the real <laughs> cream of the crop when it comes to baseball in America. I mean, it's during the season, so I understand that they can't really throw their, their – uh, their dream team together. Although Todd Frazier, um, it's what you want. Uh, and I think round one begins Saturday. I think they're in uh, like an opening round now. And I don't fully know how the tournament works, but if you're interested in this. Dominican Republic and Japan are soon. So you could see like a little more Dominican baseball action. If you're looking forward to it. Well, hold the phone. Um, (laughs) let's talk about Dominican baseball in a, in a second here. Um, are we ready for some rapid fire questions? Matthew, you have anything before we jump into that? No, I don't, but I'd, I'd love to take the first rapid-fire you, question. You do it. So the first one up is um, Camden Yards. Uh, my theory is that it is every single baseball fan's third favorite stadium. Uh, where is your ideal spot to sit uh, in the ballpark? At Camden Yards, uh, I like to sit on the same level as like the press box, so in the shade, behind home plate. So you can see into both dugouts. I don't really care about catching a ball. I don't think I will. I think I'll get hurt if I try. So I just want like a good view of the field and best access to the high quality snacks. See, that's, that's why we asked that question. That is a good answer. Um, And helpful for people. You you don't have to go to TripAdvisor anymore. Um, Just listen to battery mates. (laughs) Second question. It's kind of related. I mean, you can, this would be at Camden or anywhere else. Helmet Nacho or Helmet Sunday? Nacho, helmet nacho. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, doesn't melt mm. as fast. If they layer it right, it's a good snack that lasts forever. And then uh, if you're like me, you'll rinse out the nacho in the bathroom sink and take it home. Yes. No, sorry, the helmet. Oh. <laughs> you'll rinse out the helmet. <laughs> you'll rinse off some chips. <laughs> no, you rinse out the helmet in the bathroom on a little touch button, and then you'll take it home. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, next up, who is the Orioles player that most baseball fans have never heard of that you think deserves much more attention? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I think the player that most people haven't heard of that has recently been incredibly clutch for us is Ramon Urias, to the point that uh, we're calling him too fast, too furious in Baltimore. <laughs> oh. That's good. He's a utility utility infielder. We didn't really like set out to have a second or third baseman when the season started. We thought like we'll just figure it out. And so he's been doing both and uh has just like I, I wouldn't say his betting average is high, uh, but lately it's he's been coming up in pretty clutch moments against the Nationals for one. So I'm a fan of Ramon Urias. Ramon Urias. I that is someone I've never heard of. So that's great. Yeah, there you go. I should keep an eye on him in my fantasy league. Um <laughs> Uh, I love that you just said we didn't set out to have a second baseman. <laughs> uh, 
That's great. We like literally when the season started, they were like, "Well, we know Rio Ruiz played third last year, but he could probably just play second. And they moved him over here, and then they like they they DFA'd him like midway through the season. So they were like, "Yeah, it was fine. What is some other guy?" <laughs> brutal, so brutal. This is kind of the flip side of that coin. But um, who's your least favorite player ever, and not necessarily an Oriole? Um, and I guess in that, letting on why is it Jose Bautista? <laughs> um, I will say I so greatly enjoyed seeing Jose Bautista get hit really hard in the face in slow motion <laughs> like many times he did briefly follow me on Twitter and I was like this is an accident and it was because it was an accident and <laughs> I had like I had like tweeted at Adam Jones and he accidentally followed me so I was like oh should I take that freaking bad upset about Jose Bautista uh, but my uh, second and additional least favorite player ever also an Oriole is Aubrey Huff who is just, evil, oh, just a bad dude he is not a good dude no, he's really yeah. he's like aggressively bad. He's not just like I'm just a dumb baseball player. Yeah, but he's exactly. like trying to be a bad person. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it was he could he was already like a bad baseball player. He could have just stopped there, but he made it worse. So whatever. He, he's a better baseball player than he is a person, <laughs> and Absolutely that says a lot. <laughs> Uh, this this next one is an absolute banger. I'm afraid Toby wrote it, so I can't claim it. But what is the next year the Orioles will make the playoffs? <laughs> um, I think it could be maybe 2028. Okay. <laughs> like the next, like when they do the LA That's Olympics. So tough. <laughs> I think like when the Olympics are in Los Angeles, <laughs> the Orioles will be in the postseason. I don't know. That's... <laughs> <laughs> That's so tough. That's that's brutal. Um, I just think like I like to put it far enough in the future in my brain that it's like always out of mind. Like I'm not going to be thinking about it. Like I don't plan on it happening for a long time. And we don't. This is rapid fire, so we don't have to get like too into it. But we've been sold a lot on this like vision of like we have to field a terrible team because like you know the future is so bright. But they've been doing that since I was like 13, and so like I just like don't think I believe it anymore. Um, so I just like say it's always like oh eight nine ten years from now whatever but yeah <laughs> well we'll we'll, we'll we'll have you back on to, before 2028 to kind of or okay. 2028 to have you to see how that how well that lives up maybe you're the new sports illustrator predicting the astros will win in <laughs> was it 2017 <laughs> um asterisk okay last one this is a bonus we usually only have five rapid fire questions but i wanted to ask this question because um you know we so i learned about watching dominican winter league games during COVID from you, Kelly, in your Twitter. And for our listeners at home, I guess, like, take 30 seconds and sell them on why they should either watch or adopt a team. Or why was it just like, why did it appeal to you? Yeah, great question. I think um, it's really fun to come into a league or, like, a watching experience and not have the baggage of, like, I've rooted for this team for so long and they've so disappointed me. That's a very (laughs) Oriole-specific bent to it. Um, but it's why I like independent league baseball in the States as well. So it's like, um, but anyway, so that's a good thing. It's a great chance to watch like young, young prospects and then old, old dudes at the same time, which I think is like a really fun experience. Like the team I adopted, I picked the Escojito because they had like the best celebrations. They had Jumbo Diaz, but they also had Vlad Jr. And so it was just like really fun <laughs> to watch them um for for a season uh yeah and i would say the celebrations in the dugout are absolutely insane and the commercials that you get to watch on the dominican league baseball app are bangers so can't <laughs> um, recommend that highly enough um i'm a i'm not a i'm not an educated man and so i don't know how to speak spanish or 
and I, it, so it was very hard for me to understand what was going on with the commercials or the cause some <laughs> of the stories that the announcers were telling. And, it, and it, it seemed like it was very entertaining. That's what I will say. Uh, it, it kept my attention as a non-Spanish speaker. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was great. I, I think I ended up watching three or four uh, full games um, and then like p- bits and pieces for the rest of the season. I never got I never picked a team, which was my big mistake. Um, that yeah. was my I needed to do that. <laughs> yeah, and I would say the other fun thing is that in the playoffs, if your team doesn't make the playoffs, your those players can be redrafted and join a playoff team for the course of the playoffs. So like, I was like, oh, Vlad Jr. not going to see him in the playoffs. And then like, if he wasn't actually going to like the majors and spring training, he could have just gotten scooped up by one of the playoff teams just for a few weeks. So it's just like a fun, weird. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, but I think there's some things we could, we could borrow from that that would make it like a lot more fun to be. Is, I don't know. Is that so? The players get more at bats and reps i guess it must be something like that i don't know that's that's a very yeah, strange rule maybe. it's super strange i think they also must be like a silver slugger equivalent or something where if they get more home runs and get more time they must get like some award or some more money in their contract but yeah it was fun to see i was like wait i thought they were nope oh they're back <laughs> so <laughs> okay well let's i think that was a great rapid fire um i think it's time to go around the horn and talk about what's happening in baseball um i think so the Matthew, yes. There's only one thing to talk about, Toby. Let's not dress this up as we're going to go around the horn and talk about a range of different baseball (laughs) things that have been going on because there's lots of interesting things. There's one interesting thing going on, which is that your team no longer is super racist. (laughs) Well, the name isn't racist. Let's just be honest. Um, (laughs) Well, and to be clear, next season. Next season, the name won't be racist. Um, (laughs) No, that is the biggest thing. And in fact, this is, I guess this counts as our emergency um, or our, our breaking news episode. So we, <laughs> let's, put, let's get the breaking news sound bite in. Okay. Um, yeah, this is, so the Clevelands have rolled out their new name for 2022, starting in 2022. They went 106 or 107 years as the Cleveland Indians. Um, and before that had other names, uh, including the Naps, which maybe should have been higher in consideration uh, for the new name, but they will be known as the Guardians from here on out. And uh, there was a huge rollout video featuring Tom Hanks and music by the Black Keys, who are from Akron, um, which is down, just down the road. Um, and the, and for people who don't know, and this is my one of my favorite parts about this name, is I saw all the, you know, I follow a bunch of people, baseball fans, just randomly, um, just who had no clue what the connection was to Cleveland. And so they were just, well, that's a dumb name. That's a stupid, like, you know, uh, and it may be a dumb name or a stupid name, but it has a connection to Cleveland. And that is uh, the giant stone sculptures uh, right outside the ballpark on the Hope Memorial Bridge, which is used to be called the Lorraine, Car- Lorraine Carnegie Bridge. And um, is uh, it's been sitting, they've been there the entire time, uh, right outside the stadium. And... Uh, they have these Art Deco statues that are called the Guardians of Traffic. And so they are, um, uh, which actually I, I, I think is the full name of the team, the Cle- Cleveland Guardians of Traffic. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's, that's I want to stop with just the description for anybody who didn't see that news. And based on my uh, number of people who texted me <laughs> that day, I'm pretty sure everybody saw the news, so I probably didn't even have to do that. Uh, but what do non-Clevelanders think about this uh think about the name or the the, the new brand like I, i'd love to turn it to you before i weigh in on and give my take on the state of the franchise what what uh what do you all think of what's uh this name and and the rollout and all that um 
I guess Kelly, you're, I'll turn it to you first. Sure. Yeah, I think um, I am happy for Cleveland and Cleveland fans that there's like a resolution to this and you have a name. Um, and I have been calling them the Clevelands, uh, taking cues from you and others since, uh, you know, for, for a little while. So it'll be nice to have them have a real name now. Um, didn't get the statues until I watched the video. And now I get it. Um, and I do think there are like good, fun baseball applications for guardians. Like, I don't know, you guard the plate, you can have the first base coach who's guarding traffic. Like there'll be things that you can do with it. Um, I was like, how are we going to use this in catchy phrases? Got to figure that out first. Um, so I think that'll be good. But I also just like, I, I never got what people would be so protective or so whatever about like a previous team name. I just thought about all the times the Oriole bird has changed to different birds. And I was like, no one got like mad. <laughs> like, <laughs> so don't get the big hubbub. Glad it's resolved. That's, that's all I've got. Matthew, did this news make it yeah. to you over the, over in England? Well, yeah, you texted me as soon as it happened, so uh, I did. I did immediately get the news. I mean, this is it's difficult in a way. It's difficult to get too worked up about because we don't have these kind of like th this sort of name naming like feature in in sports. When I was growing up, the team is just named after the place, and that's it. So, like, yeah, the team is Norwich City. Um, Sheffield United, uh, West Ham United. It's just the name of the place where the team plays. It's even more literal in cricket, where it's just literally the name of the county. The cricket team is called Norfolk or Essex. It's like that's it. Every team has a nickname. The Norwich City, uh, you know, the nickname is the Canaries because of Norwich being the centre of the bird exotic bird breeding industry in the 1600s um but we're not we're not the norwich canaries so it just it has always struck me that the 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 sort of the name that goes alongside the place is like is like a, a, a weird thing to like overthink um like some teams like the nationals just didn't think about it at all it's just like <laughs> the washington nationals like the, that, that that meeting was four minutes long because everyone was super hungover from from a big big away day night out the day before or something i don't know but so in a way i can't get too excited about it but at the same time because of the name change from the what the clevelands have been known for for a long time it, it is meaningful and it is important and the backlash is important and um the 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 reception for the new name is important like it, to me the most important thing here is that the name has changed and it almost doesn't matter what the name has changed to having said that i love the branding i love the video um i don't love the number of syllables in the name mm. like we have this with the with the nationals everyone just calls them the nats right because you've got you you, you don't want to have yeah. loads of syllables especially when your name is washington cleveland's already two syllables so i, I just can't work out what you're going to shorten it to the the the, the clevedians uh, uh, the <laughs> cleveland guards like what where, where are you going with that but honestly that is so far down the list of <laughs> things that is important uh, for all of this the, the last thing i want to say is i've not seen these before I, i've driven over that bridge before but i'd never noticed the the statues i fucking love art deco statues <laughs> and i'm i'm livid that i didn't uh spot them on, on that on that road trip i think we drove over that bridge on the way to your dad's house didn't we that weekend we, um we didn't drive over that bridge but we drove right next to it so you wouldn't have seen them uh unless you came out right. the right exit of the ballpark which... Yeah, so I mean, they are beautiful. They are absolutely beautiful. And you know, hats off to whoever made that video because it's a it's a it's a belting announcement video. 
Yeah, I mean, part of it is, you know, if Tom Hel- Tom Hanks tells us we're the Guardians now, then we're the Guardians now. Like, he, he could tell me <laughs> we're the snails, and I'm like, I'm okay with, I'm a snail. Um, and so I, I feel like that was a really good move. And and a lot of people didn't know that he was a, uh, and I often forget that he's a Cleveland baseball fan. Um, he spent time in Cleveland when he was, like, in his 20s, and um, went to games all the time in the old municipal stadium. So, um, but... Yeah, I mean, Kelly, you kind of touched on this. I think the biggest sense I had was relief. Uh, you know, I I was so nervous that they were going to get this wrong. And I think, Matthew, to your point, like, I think no matter what, the fact they were changing the name, the only thing they could have done was like, no, nah, no, nah, we're, cool we're cool with Indians now. We're going to stay with Indians. That would have been pretty bad. Um, but I think there were some other names that I was just really not excited for. Um or like you know, spiders was on the list. I know that some people really like the name spiders. Um, I, I wasn't my favorite, but I also was really nervous if they did choose Cleveland spiders, that it'd be some weird cartoony, like Marvel universe. Oh, and ironically, Guardians um, could be could go in that direction as well. Uh, but you know, I think I'm, I'm relieved that it's over, and then um, that it, I think it's actually pretty good. And I think that the subtle the the tide of the city. Um, it makes it so it doesn't matter how dumb the name is. Uh, it, it, Kelly, your point about people getting um, kind of defensive over the name of your team, um, they did it. Part of the rollout was they had this video of fans in the focus groups um, talking about what they thought of the name Guardians. And one thing that kept coming up is that people are really protective of being from Cleveland. And when people go to other cities or you know i live in another city and people someone like makes fun of cleveland or you know attacks the team or the city or whatever you know i'm i'm like my natural reaction is to defend the city and i think like they somehow tied it into that that's the same like emotional reaction to the them changing the baseball team's name uh but it's it's and it's i and i didn't even get that that might be a like you know part of their how they're inoculating themselves here is that that's that's part of the brand is that we're going to be pretty defensive (laughs) (laughs) um but i I think that another piece of it so i I, the other piece of the the sense of relief is that they i think they the rollout and the and i do think it was a strong video um and i like a lot of the brand uh elements um and the art deco pieces that and i you know the the they strove for a lot of continuity um, in, in, you know, a lot of people pointed out that guardians is the same number of syllables as Indians. And in fact, shares half the word. Um, and, uh, you know, that the, the, the actual like script and the uniforms are going to be, the colors are all going to be pretty much the same with a font change. Um, and there's a new hat, but it's still like a C and it's a diamond C, which is subtle, subtle uh, but perfect improvement over the block C, which is pretty boring, let's be honest. I liked it, but the, the diamond C is kind of like, I cannot wait to buy several hats that feature it. Um, and and they have this like weird alternate Art, art Deco like Flying G's logo, which is like, I, I think gives you a peek into where they can go with this over time. Um, and I expect them to evolve. You know, the way they, they, they roll things out, um, you know, they, they started phasing the old like really racist logo out like more than a decade ago and fans didn't notice. like fan most fans didn't notice uh, you know they just he's he you know one year he was on like everywhere in the ballpark and then the next year he was on fewer places and then and by the, before they even announced they were 
getting rid of him. He wasn't anywhere but on the players' uniforms. And so they're going to make take this transition in the opposite, you know, the same sort of like uh, careful, deliberate, um, really lean into the continuity with the current brand and, you know, uh, franchise. Uh, and I think that that's taken the wind out of a lot of the like haters' sails, honestly. I don't know. I'm, I'm really we're curious to see how this, this goes. Um, but, you know, a lot of people were wondering, why did they roll this out in the middle of July the season before when they knew they were going to be the still be the, the Cleveland Indians for the next three months? Um, and I think it's partly because they think that they, they, they this is this has been a tried and true marketing uh, tactic of theirs in the past that they have um, kind of eased people into it. Uh, these kind of pretty dramatic changes, knowing that there's going to be a lot of like first blush reactions that are pretty negative, but that they fade over time. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think that I'm generally relief and I feel good and I'm so happy this is over. Uh, and it, they've, this been paired with a pretty um, pitch perfect rollout of news that, you know, they, they are close to having an, ex- um, an extension on the, the lease of the ballpark. So they're not in danger of moving the team. Um, there's an, like a, a new uh, minority share o- owner in the works that will hopefully in, in, infuse some cash into the, the, the payroll. Um, so anyway, it's all I think it's the state of the franchise is like is a good place for this sort of transition. And I, I so far it's going as well as they could have hoped. <laughs> I guess is what I would say. Um, That's the spirit. Yeah. That's the spirit. Well, well, I mean that that is that is that is that is Cleveland all over. That is <laughs> that is that is Cleveland synthesized. That is a uh, hundred years of history injected into one comment. <laughs> but um, and yet, they, it, it, most of Cleveland's history, it hasn't gone as well as it could have. You could have hoped, <laughs> but um, alas. Uh, so, uh, is anything else to say about this? I mean, I think there's going to be a lot to say over the next. I, I'm I'm surprised I can't buy things right now with these new logos and new name and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a little weird, but even they can, you think they could be able to like pre-order stuff even if they're. I mean, they they have. You can buy merch of the World Series and that your teams like, you know, the day that they make the World Series, you can buy merch. It's all they're prepared for that. I don't know, even though it's printed probably on demand. I don't know. I it seems very strange. Yeah, and there's a lot the, of the like, whole weird experimental hats and stuff on new era's website right now like they have all like the upside down logos and those weird city ones like we could just like throw a couple more in there <laughs> like give you the little g with the wings why yeah. not like what are we waiting for <laughs> the whole thing has a slight feel of like their focus was on crisis management yeah uh, the, the big focus mm-hmm. was on how can we not have this be a fucking disaster yeah anything else is a bonus including merch yeah i, I think that's right and I think that well, and I think somebody somebody made a good point of they probably don't want people in Guardians stuff at the ballpark this season because it's confrontational. Like it might be, it might lead to confrontations um, mm. until the team is actually. And appara- apparently, the, the, the they rolled the launch video with Tom Hanks, the Black Keys, out at the ballpark on the because they, they rolled it on a Friday morning, and they played a game that night in Cleveland, and they they put it on the the big screen, thirteen thousand square feet uh, jumbotron, and it got. I mean, anything like political gets booed, but they got booed. I don't know how much it got booed. I wasn't there, 
but um, there were boos. And so I feel like there's, it's, it's going to be a tense moment. Um, yeah. You know, they're walking a tightrope and I think they're doing a good job of it so far. Uh, so, but I don't, I don't think that like they, 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 this is, this was a, let's not fuck this up decision uh, and, and, and execution, I think, but um, it exceeded my expectations in that way. I, I knew they wouldn't completely fuck it up, but they, they definitely, um, Guardians is a good name. And I, and I think that the, the, the brand is, is interesting and cool. And uh, there's a lot you can do with it. And people are generally, okay, all right, let's go. That's, what I, that's my general take on it. Um, okay, so let's move, let's move along. Let's move along because, uh, you know, I could talk about uh, the New Cleveland name for a while um I'm, it's gonna be weird not like hesitating over calling them the cleveland the clevelands or whatever anymore it's gonna i'm just gonna take it getting used to but uh let's talk about a team that we can say their name um the orioles <laughs> had uh and it you know we would be talking about this regardless but kelly now that you're here um this is a pretty big deal they had two women call a game on the an all-female broadcast for the first time in baseball history it was the mlb game of the week on youtube which um I've only, I think I've only, I've never really watched. I think I watched that once or twice. So I did not catch this broadcast. It was in the middle of a week, right? Um, it was Tuesday, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the two broadcasters were Melanie Newman, who has called games for the Orioles before, I believe, uh, and first mm-hmm. in team history, I believe, and Sarah Langs, who I know from Twitter because she's like always sharing amazing, fun, weird stats. Um, but is definitely one of the best baseball Twitter accounts. Um, but she's an MLB.com reporter. Um, so, yeah, I guess did you did you were you able to catch this? Did you, what's your takeaway? Um, how did it go? Yeah, definitely. I very excited about it. Um, Melanie Newman is she does a lot of our radio broadcasts, and then yeah, she like silent reports often for for TV, and she's great. Um, so I was really excited to see her because she's. I mean, when she joined the Orioles, I was really excited because she had been like, I think she was doing play-by-play for the single A Red Sox. And it was just cool to see her like really slugging it out in the minors and then like getting to to, to do it on the big stage is so cool. And um, yeah, so I did catch it. It's the funny thing about like, I always, because I'm out of market, I always go on like my phone to watch the Orioles games. And when I went on, it was like huge pop-ups about like YouTube game of the week, <laughs> Orioles raise. And I was like, well, that's what I'm here for. So <laughs> might as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I think like uh, naturally the Orioles lost this like big national stage game to the Rays. It was like John Means's first game back off the IL and we blew it and whatever. But it was like, I don't know. I think it was really refreshing to hear Melanie and Sarah and like, I'm so used to hearing like old dudes complaining, like when I listen to a baseball game and it's just like, like to the point where I mute it. Like I often like will mute the broadcast because I don't want to, like there's no way Jim Palmer is going to listen to this, but like, I don't want to hear Jim Palmer talk about himself in the eighties anymore. And so like, I just mute the broadcast often. So it was really fun to hear them and like their take on the game. and like actually excited to be there and not like, begrudging that they have to like watch another you know young kids mess around the field and all that other grumpy old man stuff that we usually hear so um yeah it was really exciting for me and um I don't know as like a a a woman baseball fan I'm just like they're gonna like the people who care about this like really care about it that's like so exciting I just think it's so silly that anyone would be like well is this a big deal and it was like because it's never happened (laughs) that's why that's why we're talking about it yeah Yeah. so I'm I'm really excited for them and I think like you know I, I would love Melanie to get more of your time on Boston as well. So I'm just like really excited for her to get a chance to kind of be on the big stage and then 
all the other ladies, Alana and Sarah and Heidi that I don't listen to very often or hear from normally. I think it was great to, to, to for me to kind of get to experience that for the first time. I was going to say there was a, there was quite a lot of annoying um, dudes on Twitter being like, "Oh, this shouldn't be a big deal. This should be, just be completely normal." It's like, well, yeah, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, if if you had got off your fat ass and help break down the patriarchy a little bit earlier, maybe we could have. <laughs> it would have been normal by now, but it wasn't. So shut the fuck up and just celebrate. Yeah, and it's like not taking up any of your airtime because, as we recall, it was on YouTube, so like you still get to watch all your normal dudes on your normal ass channel. So, yeah. <laughs> it was taking up all of my YouTube. I couldn't find anything else. <laughs> no, my, my, um, yeah. I, I I heard about this and then I saw like the day or two later they um uh it, is it Anthony Santander is that how you pronounce his yeah. name? He he yeah. was in, caught like in the dugout. Um, someone was explaining to him that the, for, for the first time, the entire broadcast team is all women. And like, you just, I think it's just people reading lips, but, uh, he goes, that's very important. And by the way, the whole time he's getting like, uh, like the muscle, like Arrogant. gun, yeah. yeah, like gun <laughs> yeah. in his back from some trainer. And he's like, oh, that's really important. Like, you know, women have to carve out their, like, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get the exact, like women have to continue to carve out their place. Uh, he says, they're already smarter than we are anyway. <laughs> uh, and that, tw- that clip went around yeah. quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's wonderful. Yeah, and I think, like, I don't know. I mean, there's, like, a lot of stuff that, I mean, MLB's trying to do so much kind of, like, auxiliary dumb stuff this year about, like, blockchain and, like, casino betting and stuff. And I'm just, like, not, not, none of that. Like, that turns me off of baseball so much more than something like this, I think, could engage more people to actually follow the game and follow along. So, like, like women who are fans of other sports, like, I could see coming in and watching this because it's like, oh, that's a cool and interesting thing. And who are you going to get if you're like, oh, you can buy bitcoins of baseball? Like, it's uh, it makes me <laughs> so mad. So, like, I think I would love more stunts, if you would call them that, like this, or, like, you know, <laughs> ways to kind of engage fans more than I would, like, you know. Someone tried like, to it's, 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 like, it's like that meeting where, like, you have a meeting where the executives are, are like, "How can we make baseball a game for everybody?" Mm-hmm. And the the one woman who's got in the meeting is like, "Hey, why don't we just like make it really welcoming for everyone?" And all of the dudes are like, "Bitcoin? What yes. about more? What about more t-shirt guns?" And like, just like miss make it welcoming for everyone the thing for me is like we we had this during the the euros like the the tv channels um for for soccer in this country have got um so much more diverse in 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 who they uh have doing commentary and punditry um away from just like the same old players who were very good 20 30 years ago towards people who know what they're actually talking about and that's the thing for me is like it is important to have uh, diverse voices to show people that this is a game for everyone and that you can see yourself in aspects of of the coverage but like quite often women commentators are just smarter and willing to talk about the game and explain what's happening on the field and to give you analysis rather than just giving you fucking boring anecdotes of like what it's like to be out in the field it's like it, some of those are interesting sometimes but quite often they're not and you just want to be educated about what's happening on the field and from my experience of watching the soccer this summer like the women pundits are much better at doing that and they don't just like fall back on their own tired experiences of 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 decades ago i 
one of the things I really like about listening to Melanie, because I get to hear from her kind of a lot, is that she doesn't just like talk about herself and what she did when she was on the mound back in the right. 70s and like all this kind of like it's like I don't like I don't care we, like the Orioles are such a different team obviously than they ever were in like <laughs> the 70s or 80s and so I'd much rather hear about like you know the the um kind of the conversations that Melanie has with the team and she she like is very like kind of embedded in everything and, and knows what's happening and so yeah she's super smart and super good at her job and I would so much rather hear from someone like her than from like a very retired catcher <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that it's been a long time that we've. I mean, we've been, in Cleveland at least we've had the same kind of announcers. We have a, a professional like broadcaster on the radio, uh, or two professional broadcasters on the radio, and then on TV we have like the old retired, you know, old former player um, who was pretty for a long time up until the last couple seasons was pretty just like boring slash um, grumpy. I think, and he's like taken a turn. And maybe because of other broadcast, new broadcasters who are like kind of in, in color commentators who are providing more of a unique look at this the sport. Like he started to become a lot more like, I, I don't know, modern. I, I don't know. I, uh, and also not giving any fucks and I and, and not in a <laughs> bad way and in, in a good way, um, which I, I kind of appreciate. But I, I think, yeah, like like Matthew, like the like the, a lot of those common uh, commenters on Twitter said, um you know, this should be a this should be a pretty uh, normal thing. I'd like to I'd like to see more of um, uh, Sarah Langs, especially in, in in national broadcasts. And yeah, so go go baseball, go baseball. Um, should we take a quick word from our sponsor before we uh, wrap this up? Yes, yeah. please. Yes, please. This episode of Battery Mates is brought to you by Scott Boris Corporation, which would like to remind you that no matter where Max Scherzer lands this trade deadline. No matter who's paying his $35 million salary, the direct deposit doesn't stop flowing to the SBC. Same goes for Chris Bryant, or Joey Gallo, and so, so, so many more. This is actually our favorite time of year, watching transactions fly without having to put on our lucky negotiation underwear. I mean, why are we even buying ads? Because we ran out of money to light on fire. So happy trade deadline, everyone. From Scott Boris Corporation. All right, that is great, timely uh, sponsorship. Uh, Hugely appreciative. I mean, it is a time of year where um, uh, the big fella is bringing in a huge amount of money, and we are grateful to take a tiny slice of it. Um, So let's talk about the trade deadline. Let's. uh, This is this is why we're having. um, uh, We're recording tonight. This is the first trade deadline in in many many years that i'm taking a very very close interest in um it is a uh, a regular uh, occurrence for you kelly to to uh, look out for uh, which bits of which of the small number of bits of joy that your team brings you in the first half of the season will get shipped out of the door let's let's just go around the let's go around the group what is what are our teams going to do here um let's get kelly let's start with you you've got the most practice of um losing all of your best bits who what, what what's what's happening to the orioles yeah it's a great question i think um the way that I see this going for the Orioles is they will take whoever is most beloved to us. Um, examples of which are like Cedric Mullins, Trey Mancini, John Means, like the only like good players we have. Um, and then they'll sell off one of them for like, I don't know, like 
uh, a couple bullpen pitchers who we don't need. Um, so I can only imagine bad things for the Orioles. Um, so I'm hoping that they'll just like turn off their phones and we won't like do anything. I'd like us to sleep through the t- trade deadline and then maybe we'll try again next year. <laughs> um, I, uh, I would like the Cleveland's to go get Cedric Mullins is what I'd like, but, um, I don't think that's <laughs> happening. So Cleveland, the only thing I could see, so Cleveland has a couple of veterans who are on expiring contracts or just aren't, aren't part of the future. Like. Eddie Rosario, he's hurt, and um, uh, Cesar Hernandez, our second baseman, who, you know, is a really solid player, but we have all these, we have a uh, just a glut of prospects um, that are causing a problem, honestly, <laughs> and not just in, they're not really forcing their way onto the team, but they are, um, there's, there's a limit on how many people you can have at, at a certain experience level in your organization. Uh, there's a 40-man roster, so we have a, at the end of the season, we'll have a 40-man roster kind of um, uh, crisis, and so there's talk that the Clevelands could be pa- could, working on packaging, uh, you know, something together to get to like take four or five of those players on the cusp of, of joining the forty man and, and send them out uh, to bring back like one or two either high level higher level prospects or um, potentially uh, you know big league players. I think if we were we're nine and a half nine games out right now of first place and several games out of the wild card and there's several teams ahead of us in that that fight um it seems unlikely that we're competing for a playoff spot so i don't think there's a lot of urgency in improving the team but i, I think whatever they do will be an eye uh, with an eye toward that off-season crisis they're going to have with the 40-man roster and also like the future because they're not trading for a uh, a like rental um i could i by someone like cedric mullins or the pirates brian reynolds are are really perfect examples of how they can improve their major league roster and maybe give give up a um i mean a hefty uh, prospect package for for people who are under control but yeah i i think that it's going to be a my guess is it'll be a pretty boring trade deadline for the clevelands um matthew I don't think it's going to be boring uh, for us at all. I think it's going to be a roller coaster because we're in a we're in a strange position in that, you know, we have we have been sellers at the trade deadline um, previously, but really just to shift salary. Um, I think that this trade deadline, the fan base is really geared towards the team using um, moving pieces to rebuild. But I'm not sure that's where the team is. You know, I think the expectations from the fans are incredibly high because we're going to be moving Max Scherzer, who is incredibly beloved and really is responsible for the fact that Washington has the ring. Um, and we're thinking, I think they're, they're, they're talking about moving Trey Turner. Uh, Carl Schwarber is, is new to the Nationals, but has you know, had such an incredible first half all of the joy of this season has come from <laughs> Carl Schwarber. Um, so I think, I think there's, I think the, the emotional investment in selling is all in on that being the way in which we rebuild. And I'm just not sure that's where the, the ownership is or even where the market is because Max Scherzer is a free agent at the end of the year, he will be a rental and how much, even for Max Scherzer, are you going to get back for a rental Trey Turner has got um, a year and a half on his contract and he's going to be expensive because Lindor has set the market pretty high for shortstops. And I think Trey is good, but I'm not sure he's as good as the market thinks he is. 
and so on and so forth. You go through the whole team like that. And so I, I just, I worry for the the kind of like, I worry for Nat's Twitter that we uh, have kind of talked ourselves into, okay, we got to sell this year and it's going to be a rebuild, but we are going to, we are going to be rebuilding with a guaranteed World Series champion team. <laughs> and that that is not what we're getting back. So I think, I think it could be, a busy a busy couple of weeks and then um a, a real slump of, of 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 pain as we realize that we are not really going to be contending in the nl east for a little while yeah and i think there was some like a, a brief like um hullabaloo last night with when trey turner like came out of a game early and everybody twitter like blew up about like oh no um did he just get traded? And it turns out, no, he just tested positive for COVID. <laughs> he tested positive for COVID, and, and and he is not vaccinated. And he's not vaccinated? Yeah. How co- so how come there's all this out- – I mean, I know the answer to this, but how come there's all this outrage with Simone Biles and, you know, that, which, it, you know, et cetera? But there's not – nobody seems to be – where's the outrage machine with these players who selfishly, for personal decision reasons, don't get vaccinated and then – end up missing games because of it because they test they get covid <laughs> like what where is the outrage there i don't know i i think it's pretty obvious what the answer is but that's just uh. anyway you you want you, you want to say it you want to say it me you can say it you can say why the why there's a different level of outrage <laughs> it was just pure racism sexism racism it could be the both yeah all all, all, all of that it could be <laughs> all it, the above. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Matthew, I, ju- I literally just checked to see while we were talking about this, whether Max Scherzer had been traded while we were recording. And as of today, as of right at this moment, uh, he has not been dealt. That doesn't mean by the time this gets um, edited and published that he won't be a, you know, uh, New York Met. Probably not a New York Met, but um, who-, who knows? Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm already... I've I've already like psychologically prepared myself for the fact that he's not going to be a national for the rest of the season, and it's all about where he goes now. And there's a really really big difference in how I feel about this, partly based on what we get back and what that means for the you know future nationals, and and partly based on how much I hate the team that he goes to. But the interesting thing is that Max has a a, a complete um, veto on on every single MLB team. Like it will be 100% down to Max whether or not he accepts the trade. And uh, it came out last night that the Yankees inquired and were told that Max would not accept a trade <laughs> to the Yankees. And honestly, that just makes me so happy. He's given he's given the Nationals a lot. And if he goes in order to help us rebuild, it will be another thing that will make me love him. But if he explicitly says, I ain't going to the Yankees, I ain't going to the Mets, mm-hmm. I ain't going to the Phillies, that it will just be a legend. Even though he, we're trading him away and he will be walking and playing in another team's uniform, it will still be really incredible. I, I personally am I'm, I'm really, really hopeful that he'll be going to the Padres. I think that that will um, massively help them. They are a great team that just needs pitching. And it, it, I, I like the Padres anyway. So if Max going to the Padres gets him another ring, and hurts the Dodgers. I mean, that's just what. What else could you? What else could you want? He'll also be the fifth like all-star starting pitcher that the Padres have traded for in the last calendar year. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that. Like Clevenger, Snell, Darvish. I'm uh, uh, missing one. Who am I missing? Uh, I don't know. 
yeah. Um, well, let's wrap it up. Um, so let's flip it back to the picture on this around the horn. And uh, I saw this the other day, and, and I thought this would be a good thing to talk about. Um, so Javi Baez of the, of the Chicago, currently of the Chicago Cubs, as of publishing time, we don't know. Um, he hit a, a game-winning single. It was an extra base hit, but it was, you know, it was a game winner, so it ended the game off of Amir Garrett of the Cincinnati Reds. And as he was running down to the first baseline, he, like, did this, like, canoeing motion with the bat, um, which I've, first of all, never seen before. Uh, brand new taunt. And it seemed to, as you might imagine, really anger Amir Garrett um, and the Reds. Uh, but the game was over. So, like, there wasn't, like, going to be a benches clearing situation. I don't, I mean, maybe, but um, nobody was getting thrown out of the game. Uh, and... There and then the next day, uh, Javi Baez was uh, he he was he sat out of the game with quote heel soreness, um, which I, was a new one for me. And uh, you know he was in the on deck circle in the ninth when the game ended. Uh, you know the pitcher on the mound was Amir Garrett, so it could have been a uh, another showdown. But I have two que- two questions. One, um, have you ever seen that canoe taunt before? Uh, and and two. Uh, is taunting in baseball just getting better or more original or like what's going on here? Cause I think there's something to that. Uh, and it's, it's a lot of fun. So start with the first one. Uh, canoe taunt. Is that new for you, Kelly? Yeah. Never seen the canoe taunt before. I thought I was like, Oh, it makes sense if they're, they're not in San Francisco. Cause I thought it was going <laughs> to be like, go fish it out of the ocean. But they like were, <laughs> they were in Cincinnati. Or I guess they were in Chicago. So like didn't, <laughs> make any sense um but yeah i'm all for creative taunting i thought it was a fun one but i also was worried that he was like dredging up some like past like voting incident that amir garrett was like subject to and it was like really personal but otherwise no I'll, i hadn't heard of it matthew are you familiar with this absolutely no idea what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> sorry oh what um, I don't even know what this was. I don't know what this refers to. I know that Javi Baez and Amir Garrett had a, um, a uh, like Amir Garrett like stuck him out earlier in the season. I think to end the game maybe and like did a lot of performative yelling and mm-hmm. screaming and whatnot, which you know is pretty common. But I, I've never seen the like row 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 your boat taunt. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I guess we'll have to learn more about this. Our, our researchers are, again are on vacation, so we, we didn't have a lot of. Um, didn't have anybody, uh, kind of, uh, pr- pressing the flesh on this one. Um, but yeah, I, I have no idea what this is about. Taunting in general, I, I feel like it's been really, a, I mean, there's a lot of bat flipping, um, and new ways to flip the bat. Um, I just, I feel like we're learning a lot about, uh, baseball as a performance. Uh, and I think that's really good for the sport, but. Yeah, banter, I feel like banter is getting more attention and and people are putting more effort into banter the problem is that whenever anyone lands a really good hit banter wise they make a fucking t-shirt about it (laughs) it's like don't don't you don't want to bat flip on the banter banter (laughs) has to speak for itself you know I'm, i'm all for bat flips on 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 home runs but not on banter I really like the um, I like the additional like dancing and performance that we're seeing in baseball. I think like I feel like we they're just starting to be okay with bat flips. That was a thing that they were like, "Oh, these kids need to like settle down," and now that's becoming 
more accepted part of the game. I also really like seeing pitchers celebrate. I feel like they're always so, so serious. But when you get to see like Amir Garrett, like sprint off the mound into the dugout, I think that's really fun. Um, so I'm all for it. And I think also like the home run celebrations that they're kind of maybe not doing on the field, but like doing in the dugout with like the big spinny necklaces and like the Mets have like a horse that they carry on their shoulders now, which I really like a home run horse. And so I don't know. I feel like I don't have, this is again, like a depressing thing, a way to see baseball. I don't have a lot to enjoy <laughs> without watching baseball anymore. So if I can see like, Oh, that pitcher's really having a good time or those guys are carrying a horse. I would like to see that. <laughs> It's it's generally a good thing, and I think that mm-hmm. um, my favorite like home run like the in the home run department was is it, it's Fernando Tatis right that does like the stutter step at third base where he like is approaching the base and then backs up a little bit. I I find that very entertaining and clever. I don't know why. I just think it's very it's very memorable, and I'm all about it. I mean, we had Edwin Encarnacion on the Cleveland's a couple years ago, and he did that. He was famous for like walking the parrot, um, which mm-hmm. I also thought was like. I thought I, I didn't really think much of it before he was on our team, and then when he was on our team, I really, really loved it. I thought that was really like it's a fun little thing we we have in common. Um, yeah, me, me and Edmund. There's, Edmund. A, <laughs> there's a really good kind of like longer interview with Jazz Chisholm Jr. of the Marlins that just came out a little while ago, and about how he's like a big like gonna celebrate, always gonna be crazy. And he talked about how he's always, always gonna euro step across home plate, and you like can't stop him from doing it. And I was like, hey, Jazz. <laughs> That's what a man named Jazz should do. <laughs> Absolutely. We don't, when when people say we don't, you can't stop me doing it, almost always we don't want to stop you from doing that. <laughs> please, please carry on. Oh, well, with that, I think we should call it. Um, I, th- I, I want to, before we wrap the episode, I, I do want to put and dispel any, there's a rumor going around that um, we are listening to offers for Matthew's services and <laughs> I just want to be very clear um, that that's true we are listening to offers um, but we are we are the, the price is very high uh, um, mostly because it will take a while to ship him wherever we need to ship him um, so I think you know it's not it's most likely by the time the deadline comes Matthew will not have been moved to another podcast but you know you can never rule anything out you have to if you're, you're not doing your job as a front office if you're not listening you know, um, if you're not picking up the phone. So, no, but I, I just can't imagine um, that we do that to the fan base. Um, but never say never, yeah. right? I mean, never say never. Stay by your Twitters. <laughs> there are there are other podcasts out there that need a rental to shake those balls. <laughs> That's right. Shake those balls. Mm-hmm.